welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. And we're back for another episode of the Unicorns Podcast. And today we're featuring a very successful Australian fintech business called Frollo. Frollo helps businesses use open banking data to deliver better customer outcomes. Clients use its technology to offer customers money management features or streamline lending applications. Frollo also has a free budgeting app that's used by over 100,000 Australians. Chris Devont is head of product at Frollo and he joins me now. G'day, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, Justin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. Can't, can't wait for this chat. Okay. Frollo began a few years ago now. When did you first join the business? Yeah. So <laughs> I started in 2018. It's really, really hard to think that it's over five years ago. I even remember my first day bringing my laptop in and, you know, I was employee number four and I was excited and yeah, it was just, I still can't believe it's five years. What were you doing before you joined Frollo? Yeah. So I came from banking and consulting before I started Frollo. So pretty traditional university grad role and, and then kind of went up that corporate ladder but, uh, you know, the thing I think that shaped me most was I spent a year and a half traveling on a quad bike through Europe, Africa, and Australia, raising money. You know, we raised $100,000 for Oxfam Australia, and we broke a Guinness World Record for longest journey on a quad bike. And I guess the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, really that journey to start up and, and the it's not possible without that kind of can-do attitude. And that, and that journey really kind of shaped who I am and my ability to just be hungry and kind of just thrive with, you know, a million things coming your way. And, and that's really what you need kind of in that startup phase of a business. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to pick you up on that. What what on earth were you doing on a quad bike going through um, all of those countries you mentioned? Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of started off with, uh, there were, you know, me and two other friends uh, decided to, you know, we just kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. And this was 2010, 11, so I was significantly younger. And we just wanted to go travel and, and, and it started off with, let's do it on a car. Then we thought about doing it on posty bikes. And then we saw that there was an opportunity to do it on a quad bike and break a world record. And, and you know, we are you know, between 25 and 27, you know, young, egotistical. And we thought, why not? This will be easy. And uh, a year and a half later, let's just say, it wasn't as easy as we first thought. So where did you start? So we started actually in Turkey on the Bosphorus Bridge. So this whole idea, bit of a marketing spin here, that you start off on a bridge and you end off crossing the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So started Turkey, went all the way to England, and then we wrapped back around all the way to Italy. We hit Tunisia all the way through uh, Libya, Egypt, and all the way down to South Africa. We got um, we put our planes. Sorry, our bikes on a plane. Uh, we came back to Perth and you know did the whole loop in the middle of Australia, out and around. So it was it was quite an adventure. So let's go to 2018 now. You're looking around for a new job. The Frollo opportunity comes up. What was it that actually attracted you to Frollo? Yeah. So I mean, for me, I think you know the 
I've always found finance a little tough, especially when I was young. You know, you go out, you don't know where your money's going, your money comes in and all of a sudden, you know, you're back down to zero, you're living paycheck to paycheck. And and I'd used a number of different apps and, you know, I really felt a little bit of comfort using those apps. And I think I felt a little bit more in control. Uh, I wouldn't call myself as kind of like, need to know everything, but I need to kind of know enough. And an opportunity came with uh, our founder, Gareth, who, you know, I know you know him. Uh, he's yes, just, Gareth Gumbly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great guy. Passion, yeah, great guy and uh, a passionate individual. He really, you know, wanted to change and really impact Australians. And I th- thought, wow, this guy, you know, he, he, he really has a, a, a passion and he really has a, a motor and there was so much that I could learn from him. So, you know, I had a few startups that kind of didn't go anywhere. You know, I knew that I was missing kind of, you know, fundamental business skills and Gareth, you know, he was just, he filled in that hole and, you know, every day that I worked with him, I learned so much and it just kind of fit, you know, we fit, the product fit, the industry fit. And yeah, so I, I'm fortunate enough to also work with, extremely talented uh, developers that, you know, can take a simple idea sketched on, you know, confluence and a few pieces of paper and really bring it to life. For those of our listeners who have never worked in a startup business before, can you describe what it's like? Yeah. So, I mean, you've got to be prepared to put your hat on, uh, like wear multiple hats. You know, at a point in time, I was product, I was operations, I was tester, uh, so I was business analyst, Dog's body, <laughs> a little it's, bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit that's, of everything. That's right. That's 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 what happens in a startup. Correct, and 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 but it gives you such an opportunity to grow. You're never kind of stuck in a box, and I think that you know there's a certain attitude and personality that kind of likes that, right? So every day you're kind of dealing with different things, and. But I mean, at the same instance, you have the beauty of starting to see something grow. You know, I'd worked on large organizations like CBA and Accenture. Everything's defined, you know, everything. You don't really know how everything works. When you're at a startup, you know how everything works. And it just gives you an opportunity to also influence that. So that's really what excited me. So tell us exactly what Frollo does. How does it work? Okay. Yeah. Uh, We build technology to help other businesses in this open data world. And what we try and do, and we do a pretty good job of it, is really build technology that improves the financial well-being of our users. Mm-hmm. And so that we aim to build tech that, you know, reduces reduces debt, increases savings, gets you on a better product, and hopefully by doing all that just reduces the stress of finance in your life. But for your users, a more tangible way to look at it is that we white label mobile apps. And we work with our clients to get those out and distribute it out to their clients. We build features that sit in the background. So if you've ever used a Virgin Money app or a BAQ app or any of your apps, there's usually technology or a platform that sits behind it. And what we do is that we provide that technology. So we're kind of like the hidden hidden piece to the puzzle. Mm. And, and we also do that in mortgage assessment. So if you've ever gone for lending, usually you have to provide statements uh, you know, we, we're really trying to solve that by using open banking data. So you you share your data instead of having to put some statements together and we provide the technology to support that decision in the background again. And so what markets is a, a Frollo serving at the moment? 
Yeah, so we serve large banks to mutuals to large fintechs to mortgage brokers, financial planners. Like, you know, uh, it's such a diverse range, which is also very, very exciting as we scale. And if you think about it, you know, when you think about banking data and you think about how it can be used, we want to be looking at that, solving those clients' problems and be able to make it super easy for them to use in their world to solve their own problems. And so if you look at Frollo, you've obviously got a a B2B market and a B2C market. So who who are your clients? Who are your customers? Who are you working with that you can that you can share with us? Yeah, I'll, I'll rattle off a few names. Like we work with Beyond Bank, PNN, uh, BCU. Uh, that you know they're within the mutual space. We have BOQ Group, which includes Virgin Money, ME Bank, and BOQ itself. We're working with a mortgage ad- aggregator called Finshore. Uh, and Woolworths. So you, you can see it's a pretty diverse range of clients that we serve. And it's because, you know, that banking data itself can solve many different pain points in these businesses. And so I mentioned in my intro that you've obviously got a budgeting app as well, which you can download consumers use. How does that work, Chris? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we start it pretty simple. I think going back to how I was explaining it, right? So, you know, generally speaking, most people have a banking, more than one banking relationship. So that means you have generally two apps and it's really hard to get that whole holistic view of your finance. So what we do is within our personal finance manager, the Follow B2C app, you can go download that, connect all your bank accounts without sharing any username and passwords and see it all in one way, uh, in, in one place. So you really mm. do get a 360 degree view. And that's just really the starting position of the whole thing, right? So, you know, then on top of that, we enrich the information that we get from the banks. We categorize it. We put some merchant logos on it. We tell you what product you're actually on with your bank. And that's just step two of the process, right? So, okay, cool. You've, you know, you've connected to my bank accounts. Now we are able to enrich that information and make it just really easy for you to understand where your money's going. And then the next part is, all the different features we have, bill tracker, goal tracking, budgeting, uh, graphical representation of your finance. And that's just, you know, depending on what you want to do, you can turn those features on or off. Do you actually do, can you do your banking through follow or not, not as such? Not as such, but, you know, there we, we are one of the pioneers in the CDR regime. That's a government-backed mm-hmm. uh, regime. So what that stands for is consumer data rights. Uh, and what that aims to do is you as a consumer, you own your own data, whether it be in banking, telecommunications, energy, uh, and you know your super accounts. And you can share that information in a secure and regulated way with entities called ADRs, accredited data recipients, and throwing in some terminology in there. And <laughs> a few acronyms, that's okay. Uh, You've explained yeah, them. I can explain them. Uh, don't worry, your listeners don't need to know much about it, but it just means <laughs> that it's a, uh, you know, you, you really need a tick of approval from the government to be able to access that information. And that gives the ability to build kind of use cases that sit on top of that. So what about the size and scale of Frollo? Tell us about the, the operation itself. Yeah, so I think the most traditional startup business uh, metric is is the number of employees. So, you know, as I mentioned, we, we've gone from, you know, me being employee four to having over 50 employees now across, mm-hmm. you know, engineering, machine learning and AI um, to operations and compliance, et cetera. 
So that's one part, but you know, the other part is just our client base. You know, we're heading towards half a million users on our platform. So, you know, obviously, you know, our B2C has, you know, hundreds of, uh, hundreds of thousands. Uh, and then obviously through our clients, they have their own client, they have their own users that are part mm. of our platform. So, I mean, it's a pretty massive milestone for us. You know, we're definitely aiming higher. You know, we want to touch as many people as we can within the, the Australian ecosystem uh, to use our technology because we, you know, we really do believe in it. The the landscape as you look at it, are there are there many competitors doing the same sort of thing as what Follow does, or are you carving out a unique niche there um, in in your mission? Uh, yeah, so I mean, we we'd like to say that we are carving our own niche, obviously. Uh, so there are other players out there that, you know, really focus on the collection of data. And, mm-hmm. uh, but what we want to do is actually build on top of that uh, to create that real impact for the end user in mind. So, you know, collection is just one thing. Enriching it is another. Creating the right experiences for our users to actually reduce their financial stress is really where we want to be playing it. I think that that is really kind of our unique value proposition, not only to our clients, but also to our end users that use our app. So if you look at when Frollo started to where we are now in 2023, how it, what's that journey been like? You're employee number four, but how has Frollo grown and changed over the years and the product developed? Yeah, this is... Um... So, I mean, when, when I first joined, I guess, you know, like any startup, you're chasing revenue, you're chasing clients, you're trying to build stuff as you're kind of chasing. Uh, it is an exciting time. At the same instance, you, you get to experiment a lot. So, you know, I remember this one story where I was just like, I want to talk to my customers more. So I'm going to put a Facebook Messenger in the app. Right, and I will service all the, yeah. all, all the, all How the. How did that work out? Yeah, yeah, it actually, yeah, it worked out really well. Other than getting like you know, at ten PM, you get people asking, "Oh, why? Ding, How does this feature ding, work?" Ding. Yeah. But it, it did allow me to get a little bit closer to to the user, which then allows you to kind of start building hypothesis and start thinking, okay, well, what else do I need to build? But you know, now you know, and it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That you know, now that we're a lot more mature, you know, we've we've been very fortunate to have you know the the trust and support from our early clients like Vault and Boq that really allowed us to kind of build out our products at an enterprise level. And, you know, because of that, we were fortunate in 2020 to be bought out by NextGen, which is our parent company. And once again, not many people know about NextGen, but they process, you know, over 80 or 80% of all mortgages in Australia, right, go through their technology stack. So, and, and through that process of being bought out, we've kind of started to have to grow up, right? So, you know, one thing I'd say is, you know, we're really at the scale up phase. You know, it's time to say no to more things. You know, time mm. to be a bit more strategic. It also is harder to move the ship, right? So before it's kind of like, hey, I want this. And, you know, it'd be a five-minute conversation. Someone would be able to get <laughs> yeah, it in. Done. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's like, okay, well, what does this mean from compliance? And what does this mean from an operational standpoint? And how does this raise the tickets? And so that's just part of maturing. It's not a bad thing. It just it just means that you need to be better with your decisions, right? And that, that's fine. And, you know, fortunate enough through this kind of scaling process, you know, I I look at my career and obviously being in large organizations, you, you take for granted just how they got there. <laughs> and then mm. when you join a startup, you're like, 
there's just so much chaos and you kind of will try to work it out and and scaling is is you know somewhere in between where you're trying to take that chaos and start to kind of create you you shape it so that your organization can grow your products can scale and i think through that process i've just become a better business leader like i can just see things way better and that that's what excites me about this part of of, of the business so so your role as head of product what is your approach to product development at Frollo? Yeah, so, you know, I think, you know, from back, you know, tying that whole story together, you know, we, you know, at first when I first started product, it was kind of like what feature I wanted and, you know, what was the kind of our client, small user base telling us. And I think, you know, right now, I'd like to think that I'm definitely more user-centric in the sense of looking at both our clients, our users, and really focusing on just delivering value for for solving problems, right? So, you know, one thing as a product manager, it's really easy to just get into this kind of, I just need to build the next feature. You know, my competitor's doing this or, you know, the, the shiny new object, I just need to do this. Mm. And mm. really, as I've learned, it's, you got to go back to the basics, right? What's the value of the product and how do I deliver that all the time? Right. And, and and I can't help, but every single time now I look back at some of the stuff I've done and I should have kept it simpler. And that's the thing that I keep smacking in my head. Just keep it freaking simple. And mm. I, I always use the analogy of Excel, right? Like everyone uses Excel. There's about a million features in Excel, right? And that no one uses. And so, but the thing that Excel does really well is put things into a table and yes. you can write some formulas. And those formulas are so like they're so large, but I'd say, you know, you know, 90% just go untouched, 10%. So, you know, it's that kind of Pareto's 80-20 rule, right? Like you really, the simple stuff is where most of the effort needs to go into. And it's easy to get lost like that. So, you know, my approach is really just around, you know, keeping it simple, really understanding the value and just focusing in on that. So when your team comes to you with an idea or a new feature or something, what's the process that you go through? Is that is that what you're always thinking now? Okay, why are we doing this? How are we going to make this work? Should we be doing this? Yeah, I, I mean, all those. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you, you you want a job at product management? Uh, so <laughs> that, that's very very good questions. And also, just how does it all sit with the stack? So you know, I always tell my team that you know, there's a lot of the ideas. It's not that they're bad ideas. Sometimes it's just about the time to to when to execute. Right. So, you know, you've got to read where the market is. You know, there's no point building the latest chat GPT. I'm going to use that uh, chat GPT, um, uh, you know, kind of AI, you know, where banking data feeds in and does all the things because the compliance is just not there to support that. Right. Yes. You can't just grab someone's data and throw it in. Right. Like, so you've, you know, is it going to be a great idea? It will 100% be a great idea. And it's something that, you know, we definitely see where, where, banking and our products will go but right now it's not so it's always kind of like okay where's the market how do i uh, how do i productize it right how, how do i go out there and sell it as a proposition uh, and so they're the, all the things that go into my head where before i was like yeah i'm excited let's just do it <laughs> it's growing up Justin. Yeah. yeah you are growing up i know <laughs> so so you mentioned open banking. I'm keen to explore that a little bit further. How is Frollo integrating open banking into the business? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we just really, I'll keep it simple for your listeners. So it always starts with a business problem, right? And I think the easiest business problem for everyone to understand is a loan application. So, you know, as a lender. Nightmare. Yeah, 
Yeah, as a lender, yes, it, it truly is. So as a lender, you know, when you are applying for a loan, you, they want to make sure that they, you know, they've assessed you before giving you credit, of course. right? Yes. Yeah. And so the problem is, you know, classically, it's about give me all your bank statements and then someone in the bank goes through them and kind of validates that they're willing to give you the loan or not, which is just, it's, it's painful for everyone, right? It's painful for you as a consumer. It's painful for the bank. Uh, it's painful for the person going through, you know, the, the statements. So what open banking does is able you able you as a client to connect in a secure and regulated way to your bank to be able to grab that data and use it in that loan application, right? And so yep. for us, it's about, okay, well, open banking allows that opportunity. How do we make it super simple for the lender to be able to use our technology to do that? So we provide a brand branded web interface to be able to connect the data. And then we provide a bunch of APIs, which is just cool way of saying a feature wrapped into uh, you know, a way a computer can read it. And then we break up assets, your liabilities, your income, any expenses off that open banking data. And then we bring it back into that loan application. So instead of having to wait, you can kind of make the decision on, on the loan application there and then. All right. So, you know, what, that instantaneously. Can, yeah. I mean, we're going to get to a world where it, it it's a hundred percent going to be instantaneous. Uh, obviously there's going to be complexities with, you know, commercial lending and things like that, but, you know, for your simple, uh, you know, simple scenarios, you know, which is a larger, you know, the 80, 20 rule, right. Which is most of the, the loans in Australia. Uh, it's going to be super simple and you're going to feel secure as a, as a customer that they're utilizing your data in a transparent regulated way. So, and is it working, Chris? Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, yeah. There is obviously pain points in the industry. Uh, you know, it's a new ecosystem, as you can imagine. You know, so you know, think of banking, online banking when it first started. You know, were there were there issues? Of course, there were. So, but you know, the the role of the ACCC, the banks see the value, the accredited data recipients like ourselves see the value, and we're working together to make sure that we can kind of make you know, filling those, those holes, right? So, you know, I feel very, very confident in a six months, in a year, it's going to be very, very mature. And it's because of all these early players like ourselves kind of building on top of this ecosystem. So what is the next generation following on from that, the next generation of money management tools look like? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, as you can imagine, you know, it's just going to be all around automation and personalization. So I, I think, you know, Going back to ChatGPT, it's really opened the minds of of consumers on what the what artificial intelligence can do mm. uh, to make our life easier. So, have you been playing around with 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 AI and how it can? Uh, of fit course, into I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, my Twitter feed is all AI <laughs> at this yeah, point in time, yeah. and um, and it it really you know it, once again it feels you know if I look at it it feels kind of like a new world. You know, I could imagine, you know, I was pretty young when the internet first started, but I, I, you know, I was old enough to kind of start to see how it could be affect our lives. I mean, this thing is, you know, if I look back at, uh, you know, if I look back at technology, you know, we've had some really pivotal points and that pivotal point, you know, obviously we had, you know, the Intel chips, you know, back in the day, the mainframes, the personalized computers, we had the internet, uh, we then had social media and I, I'm going to throw in crypto because I'm a big fan, but maybe uh, that's you know there'll be a few people there that, that, that will shake their head. 
and then you know you've got AI, and and that really is going to be the next evolution of 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 what what we can do across everything. And and it makes sense, right? Like I think we we get to a world where you know, your finance is something that you talk to, you know, you talk to your phone and it says to you, Hey, this is a, you know, you can get a better deal. Do you want to move your money to here? And you simply say yes. And, mm. you know, through bang. voice, it, it just bangs. It knows that it's you. It's opened up the account. It moves the money. And all of a sudden you've gone from a 1% interest rate to a 2% interest rate with a couple of different, you know, voice actions. And Props. so, yeah, prompts. And I think to me, that's, that's super exciting, right? Like no one wants to, you know, there's only a few of you, probably audience, a few of the people in the world that want to spend time in a spreadsheet or an app all day, every day to kind of make the better decisions. They want to be prompted with the right decision, make it easy. And, you know, where open banking is going to with the next phase, which is called action initiation, which will allow the capability to, you know, switch easier, you know, to make payments. I mean, this is, you know, you sit on top of AI and automation and all the work that we've been doing for a couple of years. It's going to be an exciting time, you know, exciting time to be working in, in this area. Well, let's let's finish on that note. Where, where next to then for Frollo? What's what's coming up, say, in the next um, 12 to, to 24 months? What are you what are you seeing the future looks like for Frollo? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I, I think for us, once again, you know, it's just about simplicity you know, getting the simple things right and, you know, building on top of that. You know, I definitely, you know, we are super excited around action initiation. Uh, That's a 2024 initiative. Uh, And, you know, we are definitely building the foundations towards that. You know, that vision that I just told you, you know, every single step that we take is kind of heading towards that way. And, but it all starts with the simple stuff, you know, collecting the data, enriching it in the highest quality, building those experiences that, you know, people engage with so that we can start to use the AI to just enhance all that. Well, it's been great catching up with you, Chris. It's, and it's a great app. I use it. I love it. It's very good. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to jump on and have a little look at it and download it from the app store. Chris Devont, head of product at Frollo. Thanks for coming onto the show and all the very best in the years ahead. Thanks, Justin. Pleasure to be here, mate.